All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Kim with Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Again, this is Kim with Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody. All right. It's been a lot happening this week. What I can say is, you know, I took some time this week and turned off the television and just spent some just doing nothing time, right? <laughs> because, you know, sometimes you have to step away. You know, the news, you know, there's plenty of it out there. Um, you know, a lot of people are hurting, you know, just looking at all of this. And it can be a tad bit overwhelming. And, you know, we talk about self-care. You know, I guess one of the ways that I maintain self-care for myself is sometimes I have to turn it all off and walk away and do absolutely nothing. And I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm really okay with that. And, you know, it's the best course of action for me. So I took some, you know, do-nothing time this week and, you know, feeling better because it's like I know I'm supposed to be doing a Wednesday show and I missed the last two Wednesdays and I'm going to have to make up for that. But, you know, it's going to be some changes around here as well. So, you know, we're going to be cutting the show back and, um, you know, focusing on some other projects that I'm working on. And I just really have to start doing it. Like I said, I just really got some of my concentration and focus back and moving forward. So, anyway, it was a lot happening. But today's show is entitled, Why Are You So Surprised? Again, the title of today's show is Why Are You So Surprised? And I just wrote here, please join us Sunday as we discuss what is happening in America and American politics. Why are you so surprised? These people tell you and show you exactly who they are. You choose not to believe them. We continue to appeal to the emotions of people who do not see us as human. The degradation and humanization forced upon us has been happening so long that they, as well as some of us, see this as human and normal. We have to start changing how we think and devise additional ways in which to fight back, right? So, um, you know, there are a number of things that I want to talk about. And, you know, again, we're going to shorten it today. So before I go into any of that, you know, um, I'm still laughing about last week and my, you know, my little troll callers. I already knew what it was, and I just, you know, I laughed. And, you know, I had a couple of people contact me, and we just kind of laughed about it. And I was like, yeah, you know, whenever I start talking about the atheist community, especially about some of the white men in the atheist community, as well as when I talk about, you know, the sexual predation and the racism and the sexism, misogyny and homophobia and all of that in the atheist community, yeah, you know, you have some white men that get upset, and I don't care. You know, but what's so funny is, you know, when I call out what some of the white atheist women, feminists are doing, oh, yeah, they like when I do that, but, you know, they don't like it when I call out what the men are doing, and it's just funny to me. But keep calling. That's fine. Um, huh. Basically, I'll just put it to you this way. I already know who you are. And... Yeah, I know exactly who you are, 
And that's why I think it's hilarious, which is why I won't be stopping it anytime soon. Maybe I'll talk about you a little bit more so you can get that attention, you know, since you want everything to be white male centered, then maybe I'll center you for the first few minutes of the show a few times. So anyway, moving on from that. Uh, I've been watching this series on HBO, right? So the title of the series is I May Destroy You. And it's actually a very, very, very good show. At the beginning, the first two, three episodes, it just, it was not reconciling with me, if you will. I was just a little confused, right? And, you know, I went and I watched the fourth episode, and then I got into the fifth episode, and, you know, of course, Raina and I had to have a long conversation about it, and she hadn't started watching it, so I could only discuss it to a certain point without, you know, um, putting spoilers in for her. So right now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk about it a little bit, and there are some spoilers in what I'm going to say. So that's that. So I'm just letting you know ahead of time, but... You know, what was interesting about that particular series and what made it so good, I guess, for me, is the reason why I was uncomfortable with it and a little confused is because it triggered me. And, you know, it's dealing with consent, you know, sexual assault and consent. And basically, you know, it shows how, you know, the people who are sexually assaulted, you know, many of them do not want to see themselves as victims or call themselves victims. So I'm not really quite sure what language to use here, but we'll just say, you know, the people who were sexually assaulted, you know, how they were gaslighted, how, you know, you know, again, basically being blamed and and finding every excuse in the world. And not only, you know, it was the people around them and some of the closest people to them. And you know, and, and there were a couple of situations in which it was clearly sexual assault. But when I think about things that have happened to me and things that have happened to friends and associates of mine, how we were told that that wasn't sexual assault and and basically gaslighted. And, you know, so when I started watching it and I saw a few of those things, yeah, I was triggered for the simple fact that I was uncomfortable with what had happened. You know, I talked about it, but yet again, you know, you're blanked for what transpired. And, you know, and and not only, you know, will you get some of that blame from friends and family, but if it happened with someone that was in a position of so-called authority, like if it was a pastor or preacher or you know, politician or who who the hell ever, right, police officer, it can be anybody, how, you know, the burden of proof is on you and they're always going to believe, well, not always, but for the most part, believe that particular person and authority. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, because I've talked about, you know, sexual assault and rape and things of that nature in the church and especially in the black community. And it doesn't even have to be a person in authority, You know, it can be, you know, little John John from up the block. Everybody knows that he's a little touch, but, you know, they accept him for who he is. You know, that's, you know, that's what black people say. You know, he's a little touch, but, you know, he's relatively harmless. That's, That's usually the narrative. And then something happens 
Well, you knew he was a little touched. Why you let him in your house? And blah, 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 blah. And all of it's just, who? So, you know, um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch it again. And, you know, I've been reading the different think pieces about it. And, you know, I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. But, you know, at first, you know, I was a little angry at the show. <laughs> and I was confused and wasn't quite sure what was going on because you have to see how they – you know, with the flashbacks and all of that and how confusing it was. But there was one part in which I was correct about an individual, but I didn't realize that this other individual told this person what to say. And I was really surprised by that. So anyway, um, it's just really interesting. I would recommend that you go and watch that show, I May Destroy You, because it's actually a really good show. And if you, you are interested in knowing more about, you know, um, consent, sexual assault and consent, you know, the, the, the thin line that's there, this is a really good show to watch. And, um, you know, the whole thing, like I said, it's just really interesting. So I would recommend that show. So that's what I'm going to say about that and leave that alone and move on to the next. But... Um, you know, what I find interesting in the news, and, you know, I haven't gone out to look. Like I said, I took a break this week, but I'm just going to say what's on my mind. And basically, I need for you guys to pay attention to what's happening with these um, Arab countries and Israel. And, again, you know, there are going to be some people who take issue with what I have to say, and we all know I don't care, right? But I'm still going to be delicate in, in, in how I present this. But I need for you guys to pay attention to these Arab countries, nations, that are aligning themselves with, you know, not only the United States, but other Western you know, um, countries, Western, yeah, Western countries in Europe. Um, basically, they are aligning themselves with these white supremacist countries and white adjacent white supremacist countries, right? So when I say white adjacent, I'm talking about these ethnic whites, these honorary white people, which would be Israel you know, at least the leadership, and, you know, there's a lot of conversation behind who and who is not Jewish, and I'm not really trying to get into all of that today. That's not what I came to talk about, but you need to really pay attention to this because the way that I'm viewing this is is basically that they're building this coalition and it is going to be extremely problematic, and there are going to be a bunch of issues that come from out of this. But, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm not going to speculate any more than that. I'm just telling you to watch and to pay attention because I do support the Palestinians. And I used to say I supported them having a two-state, you, know, um, you know, over there, but I don't even have the right to say that. They get to determine whether they want two states. Some of them do not want two states, right? You know, some of them just want their land and their country back. 
And again, go back to, you know, what happened, you know, at the end and after World War Two with Hitler and and how a lot of Jewish people were installed in that region of the world and and what has emanated from that. But, you know, I'm very concerned with these Western European countries, including America and as well as Australia and and in Israel, you know, in, in these white supremacist agendas that they have aligning themselves with the Arab community. I just think it's something that really needs to be watched, and we need to pay attention to it and, and see what comes from that. And I'm going to leave that alone until I'm able to do more research and to figure out and see what the hell is happening over there and and, and kind of read up on the policies that they're trying to put together and this alliance and and these coalitions. I don't know. It's just not really sitting well with me, you know. And, again, this is just me looking at the surface, a very esoteric cursory view of it. And um, so that's that. So <laughs> anyway, um, you know, it's been a lot happening, you know. Um, I posted an article yesterday that I think that you all may be interested in, Academia was built on white theft, right? And this was published on the New Republic page, so newrepublic.com. And you can find it in all of the pages. You can find it on Reddit. For those of you that like what I post online or, you know, you're looking to find more information, please join and subscribe to our Reddit forum, you know, reddit.com slash blackfreethinkers. And I post way more over there than I do on Facebook and the pages on Facebook or even on Twitter. I post more on Facebook than I do on Twitter. Um, and so I'm just saying that, um, yeah, yeah, you may be interested in subscribing to our forum. We welcome you. We appreciate it. And we even encourage you, you can go ahead and post stuff over there unless it's something I don't like. And, you know, of course, I'll take it down. So anyway, going back to today's show. Why are you surprised? And again, you know, I talked about how we, black people, or, you know, black people and non-black people of color, you know, we continuously, and when I say we, I don't mean everybody, you know, I'm not trying to get into those conversations, but how we continually appeal to the emotions of people who do not see us as human. They treat their animals better than they treat us. And and basically, you know, they are of the mindset that, you know, even if you're one of those acceptable or respectable black people, you must have said or done something to warrant that type of treatment by the police or by, you know, or, you know anybody, really. And especially if you're a black woman, You know, black women are extremely disrespected, you know, not only by white people, but also by black people within the community. And, you know, we're trying to appeal to their emotions. And, you know, basically, I want you guys to go and look up appeal to the emotions. You know, um, you know, there are philosophical terms for that. Right. And, And get a better understanding of what that entails. But, I mean, you know, you know, I'm talking about just 
America in general and how sometimes we try to appeal to white people and 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 sometimes appeal to their base natures, right? When at the end of the day, it's about centering whiteness. And even more than that, it's about centering white, cisgendered, heterosexual, educated, land-owning white men, right? And how whenever you stop centering those, that particular subset of white men, then that is when hell breaks loose. And some people are like, well, what about the white women? Don't they deserve a voice? You know, because I've heard black people say that, and I've seen them write it. And I'm like, why are you so concerned about those white women? Because at the end of the day, those same white women, even if they call themselves feminists, they are going to they're going to align themselves with the white power structure. And again, they are not really going to do anything to jeopardize their proximity to that power and that wealth of white men. And we just need to understand that, we need to accept it and we need to find better ways to deal with that type of situation. And, you know, again, going into this particular election cycle, you know, and I can't wait until this damn election is over. I mean, I am just so through with it. I'm over it. I was, I felt the same way when it was Clinton and Trump. You know, the whole thing just really irked the fuck out of me. And I'm still there. I'm still in that mindset because at the end of the day, you know, you have people out here saying, well, white, you know, that, that Donald Trump, is horrible and and we need to get rid of him and that things will get better with Joe Biden and I don't believe that to be true just like I didn't believe that things got better under Obama things didn't get better under Bill Clinton things didn't get better under any of them what you need to understand and accept is that everything has been centered around white men and white supremacy period even when Barack Obama was in office. Oh, well, he was the first black president. Yeah, y'all keep calling these damn white people, and I'm not talking about Barack Obama. I'm talking about Bill Clinton, and you have some black people out here calling Donald Trump the first black president. You know, and, and then you wonder why you have these transracial people calling themselves black when ain't nothing, you know, black about them. But I guess, you know, if, if you're going to get technical, you're going to pull a Richard Dawkins, you know, and say, well, we are all Africans. Yeah, civilization started in Africa. We already know that. That's a given. And And this is one of the reasons why I come against, you know, those types of platitudes or, you know, those types of you know, colloquials, if you will, is because while there is truth in it, they put those, they put that type of language out there to throw you off the scent, to basically to try to kill your arguments as to, you know, racism and how it impacts us and, you know, how white people benefit from racism and white supremacy in this country. And again, you know, I've talked about, and I'm going to talk about it again for a few minutes here, I've talked about how they've been playing with the language, and what they've been trying to do is find a way in which 
they can take away the power of language when we talk about race relations. You know, the biggest examples I can give you is go and take a look at how they talk about and deal with racial issues in France and and how, you know, how they, they, uh, they've kind of, in their own way, tried to pigeonhole black people and, and, and other non-black people of color in France and other Western, you know, countries. And it's not just there. I mean, the same thing is happening over with the black people that live in Norway and Iceland and all those other places as well. And how they play with the language, which is why I feel that the libertarianism that's, that's prevalent in, you know, in, in certain communities, especially the secular community, but libertarianism is growing within the United States. And these are some of the same people like, oh, well, you know, I'm Republican-leaning when it deals with, you know, fiduciary issues, right, when it comes to your economics and it comes to, you know, finance and all of that. But I'm liberal about all these other things. The only thing they're liberal about, again, is being able to smoke marijuana for free without any type of legal implications and open up all the marijuana stores they want and, and, and again, being able to have all the damn sex parties they want and and basically trying to get certain laws watered down so it's harder for a woman to file a, a complaint about rape or sexual assault or those accusations when they come out, they try to find a way to railroad that woman or that man into shutting their mouth. I mean, it's been so many accusations. I mean, even when they had accusations about DJ Groffy. You know, and, and, and the shit that went down with that. And um, and that's just not, you know, I'm, I'm talking across the board, which is why, you know, we live in a very, very dangerous time in which, you know, you have the cheddar tater tot trying to roll everything back and, and basically take us back to the mid, you know, basically the mid-early 1800s. That's the way that I'm seeing it. And you have to remember... And in the mid, you know, in early 1800s, we were still enslaved, you know. And and when you go back and you read the 13th Amendment, I've told you all to read the 13th and the 14th Amendment. But when you go back and you read the 13th Amendment, and it talks about prisoners, people that are incarcerated, and how basically they are slaves. They are being enslaved again. And I need you to pay attention to who is being incarcerated at the highest rates for the same crimes that white people are being accused of, and they get probation or, you know, they'll give them a slap on the wrist so as that so that it won't, you know, hinder their future. Because boys will be boys and, you know, you know, affluenza and all of that shit. And... I mean, these people, they've shown you who you who they are. I don't understand why you're looking past that or you're you're refusing to believe that. And so, you know, it goes back to, you know, I'm writing up some information for future shows. I'm going back to my old format. And, you know, mind you, I write this stuff longhand because it forces me to read. I, you know, write it out longhand, you know, journal it or what have you. And, you know, when I officially reboot Black Freethinkers, because I am, you know, we're going to be having some really serious discussions about many of the things that I've talked about on this show. And it's going to be more detailed, and I'm going to have people on in which we can discuss these issues um, 
more in depth, right? But, you know, when I ask you guys to go and read these things, it's important. It's important so that you can understand what's happening now. Because, you know, even right now, the way that they're treating the protesters is they're bringing out old gang laws. And, you know, even though the majority of the protesters, or as they like to call them, the Black Lives Matter protesters, the majority of them out there that are still marching and fighting right now are white. And, again, you know, I talked about it on the show about how these militia groups and these white supremacist alt-right groups are going out there to scare the white people back into their homes and to call them race traitors and, 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 and to basically, you know, put some fear in them so that they won't fight for racial and gender equity and, you know, LGBTQ rights. Again, going back to the early, in early mid-1800s, and you need to understand what this country was like then, you know, and, and, you know, I talk a lot about the white feminists, and they are problematic on a number of levels. They will tell you in a heartbeat that they want to opt out on the black issues. Why? Because they don't care. But yet you still have a multitude of black people, black women, and, and some black men, um, feminists, that are trying to appeal to the emotions of white feminists. When, again, they've shown you who they are. 53% of them voted for Donald Trump, and I bet you some of the ones that voted for Donald Trump were, was out there with their damn pussy hats, just marching around, oh, I'm free. And then get angry with black women like me who did not support it. Now, I went out to, and I did show up. I was on the outskirts, way in the back. But that was to support, you know, Tamika Mallory and, you know, the black and non-black people of color organizers that helped to put that together. I supported them. So I want to make sure that I'm making myself very clear with that. And even to this day, I still support Tamika Mallory. I think she's absolutely awesome. And I did not like the way that the white women were trying to scapegoat her and and trying to take away an organization that she put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into creating and maintaining. But that is what they do. You know, and it goes back again to what I was saying about that article that I want you guys to go out and read. Um, What was the article? Um, Academia was built on white theft. So, you know, again, not only within with that particular article, I want you to look at just society in general and how white people come to our communities because they think we're interesting and they observe us and they make their notes. And, and, you know, that's how a lot of academia was built up, especially sociology. But it was built up through the filter and the lens of white supremacists which is why it's problematic, which is why when we hear people talking about social workers should be um, basically sent to certain types of police calls. Now, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but you also need to understand the history of the black community and social workers and sociology. 
and how we were told that we were, you know, bad parents and, and that we didn't deserve children and how white people were taking away black babies out of the home as well as with the indigenous community and these other communities as well. Look at what's happening with, you know, these these detention centers, you know, with, you know, our brown people, with, you know, people coming from South America and Mexico into this country and their children are being stripped from them. And they, they're not even keeping an accurate accounting of those children in their locations, just taking from them and basically putting them into re-education schools and homes and all of that so that they can they can bring them up to be the type of black, brown, red, yellow children that they want them to be. And, you know, there's a lot of information out there, especially with indigenous people, Native Americans, and how their children were taken from them and put in these schools and re-educated and, and, you know, being forced to acclimate and assimilate, if you will. And the same thing happened in the brown community and the black community in this country. It's still happening. Those are not isolated events, but you need to know the history and to understand what happened that facilitated the type of environment and culture we're dealing with now. And what's interesting is, you know, you'll have a bunch of white people, well, we didn't know that was happening, and how can you hold us, you know, to account on things that we didn't know that was happening? You hold us to account on shit that we don't know or understand about either. And in some cases, you know, again, in many cases, it's false or it's pretentious, you know, and I just get so frustrated. You know, having these same conversations over and over and 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 people choosing to to say, "Well, you know well, not all of them, okay, yeah, but again, I do ascribe to the fact that all white people are racist, and there are a lot of white people that take offense to that, Dave Silverman, Todd Stiefel, David Smalley. Some black people, too, but they only take offense to it because their white sponsors and benefactors take offense to it, which I think is really fascinating. You know, you have the right amount of money, you can get certain black people to change their tune, and you can get them to dance a jig for you. So anyway, (laughs) um, you know, I believe that all white people are racist. And, you know, and when I say that, I'm talking about some of you white adjacent honorary ethnic whites, too. Because some of you, as Donald Trump would say, drank the Kool-Aid. And the same thing with some black people that are fostering, you know, anti-blackness and white supremacy within themselves. In many cases, they don't even realize what they're doing. In some cases, they know good and damn well what they're doing. And in some cases, the ones that know good and damn well what they're doing, you know, some of them are angry by how they've been treated, you know, by some black people, and they just take it out on all black people. And so it's just been really interesting, you know, and and um, one of the reasons why I'm pulling back on the show, and I'm going to be pulling back even more, um, is because... You know, I'm tired of educating people for free. You know, we've put the information out there. You can send us whatever. But I think I'm going to be moving my platform over to a paid platform 
And what I'll be doing is putting excerpts over here on Blog Talk Radio. But if you want to hear the whole show, you know, we're going to have a membership structure and all of that in place. Because, you know, it's, it's funny when I see my talking points being taken, and, and especially being taken by people who don't like me. But, you know, I'll get back to that later. But, um, you know, I was talking about the white academics who built you know, academia on the backs of black, brown, red, yellow folk, you know, the same thing happens with a lot of these black, brown, red, yellow academics and public intellectuals. What they do is they come into the community with the activists and organizers, and they co-opt those movements. They co-opt the language then they because they find it interesting, and they write about it, and they write books and then get mad as hell at us when we won't buy the books. Or we buy the book and we scan it to a PDF and give it to everybody. Or we buy the book and we talk about it extensively on these podcasts and and on Twitter and other places like that. And, you know, see, the thing is, is that you came in and you did the same thing that the white people did, which is why sometimes I point at these white academics and, I mean, I'm sorry, at these black academics and these black public intellectuals and talk about the white supremacy that they are upholding as well, especially some of the black academics and public intellectuals that know that these that mainstream America, as well as some of these mainstream subcultures and subgroups, are utilizing them in the same fashion. So, again, you know, you want to go and get these people with half the alphabet or the entire alphabet behind their names because, well, they're educated. They can appeal to us. They're more palatable to the white audience and all of that. And a lot of these black academics and, and, and huh, public intellectuals play into that. So yet they are also commodifying, capitalizing off of blackness. And what's so interesting about all of that is, you know, um, I'm trying to figure out a way to put it without hitting you, but, I mean, we all know how I am and how I do this show. And basically, there's no way for me to really sugarcoat this shit. But, you know, again, while they write, and I'm talking about black, some of these black academics and public intellectuals, while you write about white supremacy and what's what's bad about it, why you why you write about capitalism and what's so bad about it, you're still commodifying it and capitalizing off of it on the backs of the people that you wrote about because the majority of you are not at these rallies. You're not at these protests. You're not at any of these things. But you come out there sometimes, you'll come to some meetings, you know, you'll watch what we're saying on Twitter and all of these different places, this podcast, and you take the information and you write about it, and 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 you're causing as much harm as these white people while playing along with the white supremacists and people that control these different organizations and foundations, you're playing along because the only thing you're interested in, again, is putting butts in seat and putting money in your pocket. And then you see when I, you know, when we start talking shit about Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and people like that, you're doing the same thing. I consider you, I have the same disdain for you that I have for them. And that's not all of you, but quite a few of you. 
and you're perpetuating the same white supremacy, the same theft, the same anti-blackness, all of that shit, while you are out here in your own way agreeing in writing with a lot of these people while you're pathologizing the black community, leading to further and deeper anti-blackness while facilitating a way for white people like Robin DiAngelo, um, Tim Wise, this Jessica Krug, and a number of other people, facilitating a way for them to come in and to capitalize off of this with their anti-blackness, I'm sorry, anti-whiteness or anti-racism, there we go, anti-racism, you know, agenda. And their anti-racism, you know, um, seminars and, and their books and all of that, and they're capitalizing. But then with some of the black academics and public intellectuals, then you get angry at Tim Wise and, and Robin D'Angelo and, and, and these other folks because they're just better at it to a certain degree. Why? Because they're white and they know what white people want to hear. And we also know that white people will listen to other white people before they listen to black people. And, and and you play along with it as long as you're getting your piece of the pie and then get angry when someone like me points out your fuckery. I'm not the problem. I'm the problem because you want me to shut up and 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 let you do what you do. And and then I'm also the problem because you can't bribe me into going along with it. You're never going to be able to bribe me to go along with that. And to, you know, and it's just interesting because, you know, at one point in time, you know, I was associated and affiliated with someone who was doing that very precise thing. And um, they've stolen work from me. And, you know, there's one particular thing that they're supposed to be doing. But, you know, I've put money to the side. I plan on suing you until I get carpal tunnel. if it's anywhere close to what I've I've talked about. And so, again, you know, there's a lot more to what I'm saying there, but, again, I'm just limiting my time and, you know, my my thoughts and all of that. But I see we have a caller, and I'm going to go ahead and pick up. But, you know, again, if you're a troll, you know, again, we know how I do. Go ahead and play with me. I'm going to make one of your favorite black mascots and tokens pay for it. So let's go ahead. Let's take this caller. Let's see here. Eight six four. May we ask your name and may we ask what you would like to discuss that I've discussed so far. Uh, peace and black power. This is Equanee. How, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing just fine. Um. Basically, I guess just just adding on to what you were talking about, and um, you know, uh, if if it not be this mentality of of um, uh, the black man or or woman that um, submerges themselves or is engulfed inside uh, the ego of being trained and being taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, by by euro standards, right? Um, right. You know, of course, there's a, a very flattered, very big ego. Um, it's you know, even on the the lower side, those of our people with not much education at all, 
we still find ourselves engulfed inside an education, even if the education is, you know, their lack of, uh, it is an education that supports um, Euro standards, right? Exactly. Uh, be, you know, be it if it's passed down from slavery or we're acting ignorant or whatever, these are the the same things that allow us to be only food for the European. Just as in on the other side, you might have people that have a little more money, uh, even with the basketball players. I saw a basketball player, you know, I uh, think it's John Wall, uh, very respected uh, basketball player, good at what he does, millions of dollars. He's throwing up blood, uh, blood signs, you understand? Therefore, promoting mm-hmm. this level of imagery to our children, with it, which is not substantial to our come up. I get it that some of our games were initially created to protect our community, but I exactly. think that needs to be overhauled, and we need to be able to revamp that where now it is supporting, you know, the quality of our community because it doesn't do that. Collectively, it doesn't. You know, we're seeing gang violence and, you know, people being terrorized by, by, by gangs, you understand? So what, what, I'm, uh, what I'm thinking or what I was thinking in, inside what you were providing in the conversation is the lack of culture, the lack of organic African culture. Us as Africans have had the most substantial culture known to man, right? So much so were other groups, other ethnicities, have borrowed, have taken from our great cultures, right? That's that's a fact that, that that can't be disputed. You understand? And to say that now we are at the bottom of the barrel as it relates to having substantial culture, substantial quality culture that supports the quality of life that we want to see, the improvement of quality of life right now, you know, everybody is in a race to go vote, right? And like I was telling somebody last night, our our main vote is by us standing up, standing together. There's no use to us. There's no use in us going voting, and we we're exercising the right to vote when we're in the same community. I'm voting for one person. You're voting for somebody else, right? So that's not that's not. We need to be collective inside our uh, our identity inside our ability to say, well, hey, this is what I want for my child, and hopefully we should be somewhere in the same ballpark. But since you have this this separation, now I'm thinking I'm this and this person is thinking they're that, but we're really at the end of the day, we all as black people are still in the same struggle. Regardless, even if you have right. a million dollars, you're still yep. going to be looked at as uh, as, a, as a, excuse me for saying, as a nigga. They don't care exactly. how much money you have. They still look at you, you know, they look at you like trash is the reality. And, They'd rather and nobody be poor and white should. and rich and black. Right, right, right. And nobody's going to change that. Nobody should change that for us. You understand? We are the ones that the creator bestowed life within us. The creator bestowed the most influential history in us. It is going to be left up to us to now not depend on these institutions to improve our quality. It's up to us to now establish these cultures, and we need to say, well, hey, hell no. We aren't going to take this WAP 
was the song that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion has that's number one on everybody's charts, wet-ass pussy, you know, and that's right, but quoting, see, this is the thing. right? Well, this is the thing. This is the thing. You know, and I've seen some of the, you know, some of the arguments about WAP, but it all boils down to, you know, again, women having agency over their bodies, women having agency over their sexuality. I mean, you know, it's their bodies and they can share it with whomever they choose. But going back to what you were saying earlier, yes, I do believe that we need to work more collectively with one another. You know, I don't disagree with that. However, it just really depends on the situation because, again, you know, collectively, the majority of our community, the voting community that actually go out to vote, support the Democrats, and the Democrats have not done anything in our best interest, and neither have the Republicans, which is why I say we should throw them both away. But going back to what you said about culture, black people do have a culture. It's just stolen. I mean, as a matter of fact, um, a classical musician went over to Ghana and came back, and I forgot his name, so I apologize for that. And he put together this, 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 you know, this portfolio, I guess, called drumming. And white people are going crazy, saying it's important, that it's wonderful. But he stole it from the Africans directly from Ghana. But yet the same person says that the black people in America have lost their collective minds and he can't even talk to a black American, but yet you just stole, you know, stole, um, you just stole from black people from Ghana, which many of us are from West Africa. There are many of us that are, you know, our ancestry, ancestry goes back to Ghana. So again, it's about theft. And, you know, a lot of our culture has been stolen from us. Um, you know, and, and in many cases, you know, what happens is they'll, again, degrade us. Why are you doing that? You know, you, what's wrong with your lips? What's wrong with your butt? And then next thing you know, they're paying tens of thousands of dollars to get, get enhanced, you know, derrieres and to get bigger lips and all of that. So we do have culture. And not everybody may agree with these things, and that goes back to respectability politics and how that sometimes harms us. But we just have to take into consideration that, you know, you have different people, different belief standards and thought processes and all of that. But, you know, again, it's like, you know, you were talking about the creator. You know, you have people that believe, again, you eat the meat and you spit out the bones. You take what you need from that, you know, and and, and, and I get all of that. But, um, again, we have to learn to appreciate each other and one another because, again, either we all make it or none of us do. We, we can't afford to exclude, you know, LGBTQ people. We can't afford to exclude people who are not believers. We can't afford to exclude or to silence, you know, black women. We can't afford to, to, to ignore, you know, um, black disabled people. You know, it's either all of us or none of us. And at the end of the day, that's what that's what it all boils down to. And we really have to be careful with that respectability politics. But thank you for calling, and I appreciate that. But I, you know, I want black people to remember, especially blacks in America, that we do have a culture. Everything that's ours, it ends up being, you know, either stolen or is manipulated and exploited in some kind of way. It's not always done by 
you know, other by white people. Sometimes it's done by other blacks, which is what I'm talking about when I talk about some of these black academics and public intellectuals that come into these activist and organizer circles and observe and quote unquote learn like the white people. They just want to learn. We just need you to educate us. And you take it and you exploit it. You know, social justice, you know, movements started, financed, and perpetuated then and now by black women. But when you go into the social justice circles and, you know, you start working with some of these nonprofits, you'll see that they're predominantly white and they are racist and they are biased. You know, and and, and that's why I was talking about, you know, how, they, a lot of these large white organizations and foundations, they write the grants, they get the money, and then they pass the money down to black, brown, red, yellow organizations of their choice that they can control and that they can control the narrative. And like I said, a lot of you guys are being tricked because they're trying to push a lot of this off of the federal register, off the federal role to give to these nonprofits, primarily churches, but there will be some other community and civic organizations that get some of the money, some of the larger ones, you know, and that's done on purpose too. So they let the larger ones disseminate those funds to, to people that they find acceptable. And usually those are those token mascot, black, brown, red, yellow people that kind of go along with the program to get paid and to get, you know, to get whatever type of money and power they perceive that they are receiving in that particular situation. So I just want you guys, I really just want you to use those critical thinking skills and to take a look at all of this and look at what's happening behind the scenes and see what's being stolen and how they turn around and they try to redefine things. You know, it's just really interesting when I have a white person try to define racism and white supremacy to me or tell me that something that I may have perceived as being racist, how it was not racist. Just like when, you know, sometimes when I talk to men, white men, black men, whatever, and I talk about certain things and how I find, you know, whatever they said or did as as sexist or misogynist, and their argument is I'm the least misogynist or sexist person there is out there. Just like white people believe that they are not racist and they ain't got a racist bone in them. And we've been allowing them to get away with that. And, again, that's why I say we had to find different ways in which to fight back. And, um, you know, I'm going to come to a close. But um, basically what I find interesting is, and this just went through my mind, when um, what's his name from the Breakfast Club? Um, Charlemagne when he was on Alex Witt's show and he started talking about black people buying guns and, and shooting back, the look on Alex Witt's face, I'll never forget that because I thought that was hilarious as all get out because she was not expecting that answer. And when he said that, she was trying to double back and trying to figure out a way around it, and I just thought it was funny. But the truth of the matter is Charlemagne the God, Ice Cube, you know, none of these people should be speaking for black folks. And that's just my opinion. And, and you know, um, it's just absolutely amazing as to what we will allow. And that's because we do not have, you know, our own, you know, really people out here lobbying for us. And I've been saying this for decades, that we need people to lobby 
for not only the black community, but we also need people to lobby for, you know, working class, working poor, and poor black people specifically, you know, and, and eventually I guess that can open up to other people, but we do need people out here lobbying for these different things. And the caller was correct about, um, you know, how we need to work collectively. But we also have to remember just because, you know, collectively a group of people are saying this, you know, I remember people used to say if everybody is saying that they all can't be wrong, yeah, they can. And so, again, we have to be careful with that because the majority, if you will, of this country, but especially in the black community, the majority of the people call themselves Christian, right? And what many of them think and believe are the total antithesis to what we need. And so it's interesting because you'll hear black people talking about, you know, oh, we have to fight the gay agenda or we have to, you know, you know, no, killing that baby is wrong. And, you know, and they're fighting for the wrong issues because, again, I've seen black people do the same thing that white people do. Oh, you got to have that baby. And as soon as you push that baby out, Oh, well, you're the one that chose to have that baby. Now you got to figure out how to feed it. Don't come ask me. I'm not babysitting. I'm not doing any of these things. We have to find a better way. We have to find a better way. And I've talked about this in the past, that a lot of these young people, especially young black girls, you know, that are forced to carry a baby to term, usually it's a punishment. And it's a punishment for her having sex, for her, you know, having sexual, you know, have sexual relations, have an agency of her body. So when he brought up that WAP, that wet-ass pussy song, um, you know, look, you know, some of my issue with that particular situation is the fact that, again, she works for a record company. So it's white men that are benefiting from the record sales more than her. She's getting paid, but they're getting paid a hell of a lot more. You know, what she does with her damn, you know, WAP is none of my business. But she has the right to have agency over her body, whomever she chooses. Only time there's a problem with that is when there's a bunch of hypocrisy. Can't be married and have an open marriage, and the only person that knows about it is you. Your partner doesn't know about it. That's hypocrisy. That's a problem. So anyway, going back to why are you so surprised, like I said, I'm going to be cutting the shows short and, um, you know, finishing up trying to put together a new format. And we're going to be doing some new things um, soon. And we'll be announcing that. But, um, you know, there were some people that have inboxed me over the past several months. Let me tell you something. I'm really bad with the inbox on Facebook, on Twitter, and all of that. And the reason for that is I get unsolicited pictures, and you know what I mean. You know, you have all these bots coming on, and they'll call, I mean, not call you, but they'll instantly go into your inbox and say whatever. Sometimes I don't even know if you're a bot. If you're going to inbox me, state who you are and what you want. If you send me an inbox and you're like, hi, I'm either going to ignore it or I'm going to say hi back. 
or you send me an inbox and you're like, sup, or whatever. I'm just going to look at that. I don't know who you're talking to or who you're used to dealing with, but I don't respond to that. So, you know, some people that I've missed in the inbox, I apologize. You know, I'm not ignoring you. It's just with everything that's happening and, you know, and sometimes, you know, I get those drive-by inboxes too, calling me the N-word and, you know, a whole bunch of things. You know, who wants to see that? Who wants to hear that all day? You know, I don't. So, again, please forgive me and charge it to my head and not my heart. And there's been a lot of things happening on the back end with me as well. So I just wanted to make sure I stated that. So, anyway, Raina told me to tell you again that our PayPal is paypal.com slash blackfreethinkers, cash app, dollar sign, blackfreethinkers, Venmo, blackfreethinkers. If you want to send us a few dollars or whatever, you can go ahead and do that. Appreciate it. But um, we're going to be moving some things around, and we're going to try to put in a structure because some of the projects that I have planned coming up is going to take time, it's going to take money, it's coming out of my pocket, and, you know, I think it's time for me to start sharing some of those costs with the people who benefit from this show. And I'm sure you can understand that. So anyway, this is Kim with Black Free Thinkers. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Again, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Yes, we are black free thinkers, but we are not the Kanye and Candace Owens kind. You guys have a great rest of the Sunday. I appreciate you. Thank you for sticking with me these years and through all these difficulties. All right, take care. Love you. Bye-bye.